Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. Thank you for joining with me today. I'm Dale. Tell you what, we've been learning a lot here about the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit in the life of each true believer and in his body, the organism, the body of Christ, and how it functions together. We're over in the fourth chapter of Ephesians right now. In our last episode, we looked at the first three verses. And let me read them again because it shows us what we're supposed to do and how we're to be uh, preserving the unity of the Spirit. Now, I will hasten to say the question might have popped up in our last episode. Well, what does this have to do? really with spiritual gifts per se. Well, the next verse is going to show us that that is what the context is. That's what Paul is talking about. So here's Ephesians 1, uh, I mean Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, and this is Paul speaking, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So we saw that in the last, last episode, that this is how we're called to walk, that we are to be humble, that we're to walk in gentleness and patience, showing tolerance, showing forbearance for one another. And again, don't ever forget that means that since we are called to do that, that means there will be times when we must do that. You know, that so often we, we have that little disconnect. We think, well, if we're the body of Christ and we're doing what we're supposed to, then everything is going to be hunky-dory. There's not going to be any problems or anything. No, no. That's the reason we're told we must realize that we're going to walk in humility and gentleness, patience, tolerance, forbearance. And I tell you what, you better plan on doing that in advance. Because if you wait to decide to do it for in the moment when you need it, uh, it may not be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he says, do this. And being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, folks, if you're a true believer, we are unified in the Spirit. We are one. Matters not where you go to church on a Sunday morning during the week, this and that kind of stuff, organizational aspects. It is the organism of the true body of Christ. Now listen to this. This will sound familiar to us. Verse 4, there is one body and one Spirit. Just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's a lot of words right there saying a lot of stuff, folks. And it, it has very strong, more than echoes, it is uh, uh, very supported by what we saw over in 1 Corinthians 12 of the oneness of God. Here again, you see the same thing. You see the Spirit mentioned. You see the Lord, Jesus Christ mentioned. You see God the Father mentioned. So let's go back to verse 4 and just listen to this and just think through this. Verse 4 says this. And again, folks, this, these are all one sentence. The first three verses were one sentence. The next three verses are one sentence, had this one idea. And then verse 7, which we'll see in just a moment, is a separate sentence. So verse 4 says this. There's one body and one spirit. So that one body is the body of Christ. There is one spirit. There's not different spirits. There's not different bodies. We are one. Just as also you are called in one hope of your calling. 
So we saw this, and you see at the beginning of Ephesians where it talks about how God called us, he chose us, he predestined us, all of these phrases which people absolutely weirdly wig out on nowadays because they don't know the Word of God. It's just real simple. If you will read the Word of God, the Word tells you exactly what to believe. Then people come along and say, well, I, I, don't, I didn't know that. I've always been taught this and that, and I thought this and I thought that. Well, let's align our thinking with what the Most High says. And then folks will come back and say, well, okay, I see what the Word says is, but I don't understand it. Well, there we go. You're probably getting a lot closer to the truth when you're willing to say, I don't understand it. And then there are some things which we cannot have complete understanding about. And if you sit there and say you do have <clears throat> complete understanding about the relationship between the sovereignty of God and responsibility of man, your complete understanding is going to fail you because you don't have complete understanding about it. Both are absolutely true. God is totally sovereign. Man is responsible. And he's saying this. There is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. So there's that calling again. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Okay, So there is the one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one and only faith. And the one baptism is probably not so much speaking about water baptism, though there is an element of that right there. But it's the idea that when you believe in other portions of Scripture, it tells us that we are baptized into the body by the Spirit. That the Spirit comes within us and literally immerses us within the true body of Christ. So there's one body and one Spirit. There's one Lord, one faith, verse 6. One God and Father of all. So he says, God and Father, there's one God and Father. And he's the God and Father of all. And he's, watch this, over all. And he's through all. And he's in all. Okay. Now this isn't pantheism. Pantheism says that God is in everything and everything is a God. No, it's not exactly right. What this is saying is that he is the one who is over all, that he's through all, and he's in all. He is the all in all. He is the reason for the very existence of all that exists. It's because of Father God. Father God looked at the Son in that wondrous mystery, the triune nature of God, and said, Son, speak it into existence. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke creation into existence. Now, so you have one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one God and Father who's over everything, over all. The last verse. Ephesians 4. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And you say, wait a minute, haven't we heard something like that? Yes, we did over in 1 Corinthians 12 when Paul was writing that letter to them. He's saying the same thing right here. He's saying that each person who's a true believer has received a portion, whatever that may be, a measure of grace. It says each one of us a, um, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Hmm. Christ, Father, Spirit, measured out that which they desire for each one who is a true believer. And that's speaking of the empowerment of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Again, the point being driven home here in these four passages is that we are one. That God is one, Father, Son, spirit that we are one as their body and that each one of us individually has been given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift according to the measure of what father decided to do now the next episode we'll pick it up here because the next word is therefore <laughs> in other words in light of all this in light of all this 
we can have some understanding about something. So, uh, and this speaks to spiritual gifts also. So keep reading. Uh, go back and review uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Read Ephesians 4. You'll be amazed at how much instruction it gives us as the body of Christ on how we should be living. In the meantime, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Goodbye.